Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Links in Live Hospitality. Come look who I've got next to me, Mr. John Benson Smith. How's the devil are you, sir? I'm good, man. Good to see you. And everybody else. Good to see you. Cheers, mate. So, what's the show all about today? Let me just basically talk you through. Let me, so, basically on the show today, I was just saying we've got John Benson Smith next to me. So, you know, another week over. Gosh, that soon went, isn't it? You know, so those sort of people that basically have come onto the feed, seen two blokes you know, sitting next to us. It's basically what's it all about. We're actually on LinkedIn Live and basically going live out there and also on the podcast with Last Man Standing. Um, basically, guys, you know, actually on the show, we actually basically crave attention. You know that, yeah? So come to the show, say hello, um, but also basically, you know, come and say exactly. Um, all I want to do, basically, guys, is basically add your attention and basically add your location. We've also basically got questions that we want to give to John Benson Smith as well. So if you've got any questions, those basically put Q before it and put those into the comments. Um, sweary show, but sweary show basically, it's not particularly a sweary show, but if you have got kids, basically put those earbuds in, you know, basically, you know, take the iPad into another room. Uh, it is a live show with basically no buttons to basically put them out. So there you go. Uh, why the show? Why hospitality recovery? Well, you know, people said to me, you know, nice, you know, do this show, come and talk about it, basically, come and talk about hospitality recovery. And, you know, it's, it's to raise awareness, it's to get that communication, you know, back out into the industry and basically, the, you know, mitigate the risk, but all importantly, create those all important jobs. So who's it for? Who's it for? You know, it's for hospitality, it's for food service, pubs, restaurants, stadia, events, you know, anybody who aims into the hospitality industry and also people that basically want to see hospitality actually recover. Um you know, who, who watches the show, basically its owners, its CEOs, its managers, it's basically operations front and back of house. So I guess basically, you know, what is the issue? What is the issue with hospitality? So the, I guess basically, guys, you know, we, we've had a bloody awful year. Let's face it, you know, COVID's kicked in. It's decimated our industry. And quite clear, you know, we're still, as it stands at the moment, where are we now? So it's 17th of November. We're still in lockdown and come out of lockdown on the 3rd of December, whatever that looks like. I mean, we, we don't really know what that looks like, to be quite honest. But, you know, um, we've gone through sort of curfew and four changes and tiers and all that, you know. And, you know, guys, you know, people don't like me talking about this. You know, I talk lots of people at the industry, you know, and, and some of the hotels will disappear. You know, some of them just won't open. You know, some of our restaurants won't open. That's very sad, you know. It's, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's seeing my feet, it's basically all those job losses, you know. It's basically seeing, you know, those, those 3.2 million, you know, you know, less employment, you know, we don't know what the global economy is going to do, pretty gloomy, you know, we're best part of what, you know, £130 billion, 5% worth of our GDP, um, the B words around the corner for Brexit, you know, and, and we, we don't know what that's going to look like yet, and, you know, how do we basically replace that £24 billion worth of business spend, £40 billion worth of tax receipts, and £10 billion worth of investment, so, you know, quite a big industry, you know, all the way through, um, but how do we feel? You know, as I say, I speak to lots of people, you know, myself, you know, uh, unemployed, basically, you know, come out of the industry after 11 years, you know, 35 years in the industry. But, you know, stress, anxiety, fear, you know, and basically it's the unknown. You know, how do you manage a business that quite clearly we don't even know what the what the rules are going to be? So, you know, but some great, you know, saying that there's some great, you know, I, I used I heard the word this word banded around with optimism, you know, somebody's mentioned optimism, you know, and basically, you know, you know, I guess basically we've got the furlough until March 21st. And, you know, 
we talk about basically action plan and change and it's for the what's and the where's so basically what the show is all about is about you know looking at basically what we're going to do how we're going to do it what the issues what are the actual um you know what, what are the pain points but more importantly how do we get back to hospitality recovery yeah so that's what the show is all about so let me introduce my guests yeah my co-hosts mr john benson smith how the devil are you sir i'm good Martin. thank you good to yeah. see you yeah good to see you good to see you pal yeah it's great news great news today mate well done i mean you know you put that on your feed today so i've got to say we're talking about just before we come on here so you know congratulations sir yeah thank you. Thank all you. yeah right so mr benson smith yeah you know for those people that haven't haven't heard about you you know where have you been you know we know you from chef scene we know you from master chef and you know lloyd grossman and all that sort of nhs marco and all that yeah talk me through it john benson smith who is he Okay, right. <laughs> um, a Yorkshireman that's been masquerading as a Mancunian. No, um, 45 years uh, in the industry, and that's a genuine 45 years. Uh, done all sorts of stuff, really, uh, within food service and hotels and restaurants and stadia and recently within uh, retail and supermarket, uh, which has been very exciting um yeah events i mean you know trains planes automobiles arts culture uh done quite a lot people say wow that's impossible i said well like, listen i ain't 21 anymore but my uh, brain is probably 21 but you know so yeah good great industry um uh difficult times uh we've all said the same thing you know it's um, unprecedented but you know one's got to look to the future and uh grabs one grabs, grab every opportunity and grab the future and attack <laughs> please don't swear john you you know what i'm going to say to you please do not <laughs> swear <laughs> you promised me there's a sweep sake. please don't swear yeah Thank you know? you. yeah you know please, please no effing and jeffing on this show it's a family show sir yeah let's just have a quick look so so so, so basically let's just have a quick uh, skin through two's on yeah simon's on simon parsons uh let me just have a quick look through these yeah i'm trying to be my screen andrew beckett's on andrew basically's a tires man um guys on good afternoon good afternoon guys yeah you know nigel john looking forward to this yeah <laughs> so am i yeah dawn you know yeah you know i'm looking forward to john benson smith and see what he's got to say um you know linkedin user basically linkedin user you need to go back up to the top and basically click onto the feed that's why you haven't got it there julie livesley said she's from market harbour you know all the way through so guys another linkedin user um uh, thought i'd check this and basically out and know the people in this industry so yeah, congrats to all the work you're doing yeah, these days, Nigel. Thank you, Richard. You know, you, you, you get me basically talking about the industry. I never stop. You know, we could be here till 10 o'clock. So, you know, all the way through Midlands, Simon, and all the way through. Guys, if you've got a question on the bottom there, um, you know, who is that? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mark Daniels. Mark, basically, hi from Solomon um, Cambridge. Mark just about to start his own podcast, which is good. So welcome, Mark. Uh, Manchester. Your neck of the woods, in it, John. Yeah, you know, from your your old days, Mister Mister Manchester. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, hello from Cheltenham, and basically all the way through. Oh, Spain! Gosh, Jesus Christ! In Spain, hospitality is suffering the strongest crisis in history. Very interested to learn, share ideas, experience, face recovery. Very good job, Nigel. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys, and thank you for the people that basically talk through. Right, Mister Benson Smith. Yeah, you know. Um, we've seen you basically, you know, on MasterChef. How did that come about? Just talk me through. Let's get the worst ones out of the way. Welcome to because MasterChef. I was, I was a very good-looking, handsome young man in those days. No, was, uh, mate, probably, you know 
back in the day, I was seen as Manchester's most successful chef. Um, and in those days, Manchester was very different to what it is now. And I was probably one of the, I'm not going to say the first, because food's been served in cities and towns for, for generations. But uh, I got stuck into Manchester when it was it was very, it was, um, yeah, it was difficult parts. So that was the Victorian Albert, which was owned by Granta Television. And then from that, I appeared as a judge on BBC MasterChef. And then uh, I was one of the top, I was one of the top chefs, but I was one of six chefs that uh, got invited by Lloyd and the Prime Minister to get involved with a look at, uh, you know, better hospital food. And then got involved with food on first class GNER trains. Wow. And then I became the original flavour designer to Walker Sensation Crisps. Um, you know, and then became the consultant chef for 20 years. What, 20 years, Nigel? What's that about? Uh, uh, the Etihad for Manchester City Football Club and worked for FC Bayern and then Watford and Tottenham and Crystal Palace. And I can go on for hours, but who cares? It's not about me. It's about us all pulling together and looking at how we can make things better and improve it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, we, we, we could do a whole show, couldn't we, about John Benson Smith, about bloody sexy fish, and you know, <laughs> three bears. Yeah, oh, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're all on YouTube, mate. You know what I mean? So, you know, if you, if you want to go and bore yourself to death with the love you sits on the sofa, yeah, go and see John Benson Smith. You know, yeah. um, you know, three bears. What's all that about? Sexy fish. What's all that about? You know, so quite clearly, you know, but good stuff, good stuff. I mean, you know, it's, it's not about you, John. So, you know, John, you know. You, you know, I'm going to embarrass you now, you know, during lockdown, you sort of rung me up and, you know, said, Nigel, give me a call, you muppet, what are you doing, you know, and sort of put me on the right track and said, Nigel, just behave yourself, you muppet, you know, you, what are you doing on LinkedIn, get your brand right, get your bloody head together, you muppet, and quite clearly gave me a few sort of um, explicit words, a few words of wisdom, yeah, and basically, Nigel, come on, bloody get yourself sorted. I, I, you know what, pal, I appreciate that, you know, I appreciate that basically I could pick up the phone to you and just go, John, you know, I was, I was I was in a bad place and you know I was sitting on my deck and having a beer and you know it's just great so so you know uh, he's laughing because he knows what he said to me but you know quite clearly <laughs> you know um, you know thanks for that appreciate that but you know and I, I know you know Ali and God knows what you know Ali first of all basically uh, told us off in the week didn't she mate for the uh, spelling mistake that I put out so. Thank you, Mrs. Benson Smith. Thank you. Yeah, you know, we are not worthy. Thank you very much, you know. So let's get back to what we're going to talk about, yeah, because, mm. because you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about John Benson Smith. I want to talk about what he feels about the industry, yeah. So, you know, we we, 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 we talk regularly about, you know, quite clearly what's going wrong in the industry and, you know, what we need to put right, yeah. So so, so talk me through that, John. Talk me through based the industry. Talk me through, you know, your feel. Well, you know. I, I kind of uh, threw some thoughts down in a very structured manner. Otherwise, it will be a bit like, Ken Dodd, you know, someone <laughs> turn the lights out at night time at 10 to 12. So I, I kind of threw, threw down 20 sort of points. Okay. And the way I look at it, Nigel, is if you throw enough stuff at the wall, some of it's probably going to stick. So I'll, I'll, if I can borrow 10 minutes or half an hour or whatever it is, just to kind of whiz through my, my kind okay. of points. So feels to me like it's uh, – it's the time to rethink, to review, to recreate, to re-engage, to realign. It's the time to redevelop, to reinvent, to restart, to re-strategize and reconsider and re-anything else. Um, as the future becomes clearer, we're probably going to see within our industry uh, that it becomes um, a mix of food service 
restaurateur, retail, vendor, ready meal producer, food service, meal kit maker, where the customer can sit in, collect, receive at work or via home delivery, or actually get a service at a venue. And it may be a product that's to go or it's a drive-through or whatever. My point being that I think the days of the traditional kind of tables and chairs, the service hot plate and the chef stood there, uh, you know, or leaning there or looking at his phone or seeing if Man United won again or whatever it is, are probably over. So to me, I see the future of as becoming a, a versatile, flexible, multi-purpose food makers and food providers. Does that kind of make sense? So if you create a great product, you can sell it through a window, in a car, in a box, off a shelf, or to, to the home. We've got to rethink. Uh, you know, we've got two choices, haven't we? We either rethink and adapt, and we're smart and clever, or the future's probably going to be even tougher than what tougher already is. So I suggest that we probably question absolutely everything within the business that we work in. And that's about looking at menus and menu costs. That's about our loyalty programs. It's about the software, our subscriptions, our operating policies, the dreaded two-for-one vouchers. It's question everything. Uh, and I think it's all about why do we do it that way or why have we always done it that way? I think that's first point. Second point is I think there's a big difference between management and leadership. And it feels to me now it's all about big leadership. This is about an explorer in business. I don't mean, you know, I've got a rucksack on and I've got my shorts on. Someone that's the mentor, someone that's the futurist, someone that can translate. You know, I get this morning I got a whole wad of stuff where I said to Alison, what the hell does that mean? Give it me in three words. So someone that can understand and translate the situation we're all in. Someone who's got personality, someone who's got wisdom, someone who's got experience, someone that's got principles and someone that makes stuff happen. I think that's really, really uh, important. But also someone that's got a little bit of niceness or pretending to be nice, but someone that's going to make things happen. I think just sitting back to me feels very, very dangerous. So leadership and probably, Nigel, people with a few grey hairs probably count more now than what they used to. So it's about sheep or wolf which are you i see some nice big fire-breathing wolves that are now at it with our ideas and structure and plans and we're going to rethink that and review i also for right or for wrong see a whole lot of people that are the sheep they're sitting and they're waiting now you've got to you're going back to the leadership thing it's about that get up and go this is a marathon it's no longer the fairy tale sprint which is what it was so that's really important. I'm, I'm a real believer in creating and designing and selling great products. So I think that the customer now has had a bit of a rethink. I think the customer now wants value more than ever. So creating and designing products is really important. I think if you serve substandard products, or I think there's a word beginning with C, R, A, and then I think a P, you're going to get found out. Um, that's really important, you know, design great products. Competitors, instead of resenting the competitors, if you're smart, you're going to get closer to them, become fanatical about them. You're going to want to know them more and you're going to work them out and you're going to learn from them. Well, I always say I want to know who my competitor's dentist is. That sounds bizarre, but it's about getting under the skin of how and why 
Are they in business and how and why are they successful? But not just basically saying, you know, so many people say to me, oh, competitors are crap, they're rubbish. Have you been? No, you've got to get closer to the market. Redesigning your services, looking at your production methods, looking at the spaces, looking at your layouts, looking at your ergonomics and essentially revising your time and motion of how you operate. That's really important. Um, next point. Digital actions, entertainment, communication, IT. I mean, wow. Um, I see so many boxes with wires on and computers and screens and all that stuff. But no matter what you're producing, um, you know, you need to be able to read and understand the collated information and use that to take action. Otherwise, turn it all off. Get rid of the subscriptions. Unplug it all. But actually do something with what you've learned. And you need to be like a detective forensically understanding the sales and the spends and the, the whole thing you've got as a leader to understand where one's at. Reset hard like never before. Get the blank piece of paper and create new rules to your business and probably write them down, then pass them to all the shareholders and the directors to sign off to say, this is actually how we're going to manage our business. My next point is, the customer is now the boss more than ever. I think searching and selection of your staff is more important. Staff need to be clearly profiled and the staff need to understand the expectations of the business. That's really important that you've got a team, you've got a gang, uh, you know, uh, and that everybody's on the same page. Train, 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 practice, role play, influence, mentor, check, train, 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 train. You know, that's really, really important. And I talk to a lot of customers or previous customers who say to me, you know, typically, hey, we haven't, we haven't been to restaurants, uh, you know, apart from the, the uh, Chancellor's uh, voucher thing for ages. And you know what? We don't really miss it. And a few of them have said to me, you know, we look back at when we used to spend 95 quid for dinner for two, and we've now worked out that we can eat decently, or their perception of decent, for five days a week, three meals. So in some ways, We've got to be a bit careful with that whole thing. Wisdom, I mentioned before, experience and knowledge is now paramount. That's really, really important, I think. Be brilliant. Your customers will give you one chance and one chance only. Professional service and great food is paramount. Uh, and the paying public, they'll demand, I reckon, more than what, you know, before. I don't know what more means. Is it more vouchers? I hope not but probably their expectation of professionalism, the smile, the teeth, the welcome, the detail, the product knowledge, and the whole thing. Yeah. Is what you're serving on the plate better than what you can buy from a shop? If it's the same, then you, you, you've kind of got a problem. Know your numbers. We used to know our numbers yearly. We then got into quarterly. Someone then came up with monthly. Some of us have been doing it weekly. I see the need now to begin to do your numbers and figures every single day. Look at the impacts, the implications. There's little romance uh, in the numbers. And I think that's really important now that we really get and understand where we're up to, where we're tracking, etc. The money's moved. My point being that the restaurant industry shrunk shockingly. But people are still eating. They're just eating in different places. So we've got to retrain those customers. Does that make sense, Nigel? The money's yeah. still eating. It's gone there and it was here. So we've got to retrain that, if that kind of makes sense. Safety, pretty obvious, but the welfare of our, of our team players and our colleagues and the security of them and our customers, you know, is absolutely important. 
designing the space, working the space, considering your space and being smarter with your space to do with social distancing is really, really important, I think, more than ever. Fast food, embrace it. It's not about being cheapy and nasty and cheap. People want fast food. And I think there's opportunities of extending your brand to have, a, if you've got a good product and a good brand, to actually morph it into different ways of selling and serving whatever you are. Trends. Read the market. Understand trends. There's some great publications that come out, you know, uh, trend watching, etc. Now, you know, we're probably not too bothered about is Mexican food more important to us than, you know, stuff that happens in, in you know, uh, Cornwall. But actually, our customers are. So understanding the trends, because the staying in isn't going to go away. If, if you look at the sales of caravans and outdoor furniture and barbecues and, you know, dining tables, and it is on the up. So we've got to, again, we've, we've got to reconsider stuff. PR, marketing and sales, don't shut it down. Become famous, but become genuinely famous. Look at your points of difference. And make sure that your tone and your noise, be it on social media or your website or it's an e-shot or talking, is as a concerted brand. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Shed the emotion and the financial debt. You know, uh, the possible bloat, which we've all been guilty of over the last number of years. We've had this massive rollout of one restaurant, 6, 10, 20, 50, which be really careful of. I think it's better to do one well than 10 poorly. That's, you know, it's about your numbers. Banish boredom. Same old, same old experience and transactional trudge and what's the soup of the day. Please, come on. This is the time to have the creative thinking. Yes. I'll have to go back and ask chef. I don't know what the soup is. Is it broccoli? He's putting stilton in it. You know, oh, please. So listen to your customers. Actually use focus groups, which is a posh word for getting people to talk to you and actually understand what their views are and how it's changed. Don't guess. Speak to people. Become fanatical or further fanatical about your trade, the industry, your customers. And, you know, as a leader, your underlings expect you to have that village. It's that village. The vision. Why am I saying village, Nigel? <laughs> so, really important thing. It's about having fun. It's about laughing, smiling, be human, enjoy life, have respect, and be creative. Somebody yesterday sent me a note and said, JBS, do you remember when we got three scale electric tracks and we joined them all together in Manchester? And after service, I think one evening, one night, we took 25K on sales, which was a record. We joined three scale electric tracks together and put it around the center island. And we had some beers at midnight and all the chefs were all playing scale electric till two o'clock in the morning. Those same chefs still talk about the electric, the uh, those cars with the batteries that we used to whiz around the kitchen. So I think that whole thing is about creating memories within the industry. So know your stuff. Certainly it's time for vision and be clear in your direction. But I would say it's about planning the plan. Those are my thoughts, Nigel. Okay, John, thanks for that. And you, you, know, you just made my job. Thank you very much easy. You know, you know what you're doing now, 20 minutes? Yeah, you know, and those 20 plans, you know, we've, we've gone through them before. And, you know, I, I know how passionate you are in the industry. You know, you're passionate I am that basically, you know, it's all about the big shift, isn't it? You know, the, the, the business change, you know. I think what's happened is is people have 
brought it forward. It's always been there. Let's face it. You know, we talked about earlier. You know, the home market's always been there. You know, but some of it's actually been, uh, you know, quite shoddy and basically brought it forward. Let's just get to some of the comments that basically are coming through. Some good comments that basically are coming out. Let's just, let's just pick some up. Let's just basically point them through. So, Roger, that's basically, I agree with the comments and I just about flexibility in the industry, diversity of selling and promoting the product to be able to rethink outside the box. Yep. What's your thoughts on that, John? You know, good. yeah. I mean, people people kind of turn their nose up about uh, out of the box. What the hell? Who who cares about what the title to something? It's about using this t terrible, horrible time in our lives. Use it as an excuse to have a revolution. Open your windows and throw half the stuff out. And mentally, let's readjust. Yeah, we can't keep, can't keep doing the same stuff, can we? You know, I mean, it's, it's, I mean the customer's quite savvy these days. They're going to see straight through that. You know, it just, it's just, it's all about change. It's all about basically, you know. And we always said that, you know, quite clearly, those those leaders who basically embrace the change are going to be the winners, aren't they? You know, yeah, well, the, the, the change happened basically on the 20, 24th of March, didn't it? Yeah. You know, if you're planning now in November, you know, you're too late. You know, if you're yeah. basically planning on basically opening up in March 2021 and put your plan in there, it's too late, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of work within your life. I work with a number of people uh, that were massive inspirations to me, and some of them weren't chefs and haven't got a bloody clue, like Jerry Robinson and Charles Allen from Granada, and then a guy called Gary Cook that said to me, JBF, I was, I, was, I was trying to do a kind of imitation of him that kind of said, if you use the same method and the same ingredients and the same thinking and the same thinking, nah, 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 the end result is the same bloody thing, so change it. And that's, you know, or a guy called John Williams, who was my managing director. JBS, stop the bloody, you know, and it was a whole thing about vision. It's about all the little mice in the Pied Piper. Yeah. It's about question, is it? About basic change. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go on. So, Simon's got a good question, actually. It's saying, yeah, does John have, a, does John have a, a view on why there is a shortage of chefs coming into the industry? Let's talk about that because that's, that's, that's an interesting, you know, we, we talked about this earlier, didn't we, you know, before we come on air. So, yeah, well, why is there a shortage? Why, why, why is the salaries? Just talk me through that. Um, there isn't a shortage now, but I would say if you go back before COVID, there was supposedly 25,000 vacancies within within the industry. But there again, the problem probably isn't the number of chefs. The actual problem is within Manchester in the last 10 years, there's a 50% more eating establishments than what there were 10 years ago. So actually, the industry's expanded, but we haven't uh, begun to kind of um, invest in the infrastructure or make it attractive enough, um, if that kind of makes sense. But um, my recent uh, project working for uh, a retail supermarket where we were kind of uh, looking to mangle in, if I can put it this way, uh, the supermarket industry has been looking at catering food service for a long time. They want to kind of mangle the the uh, retail supermarket mentality in with food service catering. So within the supermarket chain, we've launched a number of uh, huge concepts. Uh, we opened in Manchester in August, and I, I don't know how many chefs must have applied, 500. Um, and Edge Baston, we opened yesterday, and we've got... Uh, and so. The, the chef thing, I think, will kind of go away if that kind of makes sense regards the issues and the problems. All I would say is that certainly the chefs that were applying to work in supermarkets were very, very attracted because it was a genuine 37 and a half hours. And, yeah. you know, pound for pound, the whole working environment was, you know. So you could argue there's just been far too many catering establishments, which is probably why the whole thing got partly in a mess over the last two to three years. 
Yeah. And you, you mentioned there basically the supermarkets and, you know, obviously Edge of Baston opened up yesterday with, with, with Market Kitchen with, with obviously a well-known supermarket with Morrison's. Yeah. So just talk us through that. Just talk us through the concept of how that shift is actually made between, you know, from, from basically supermarket into in, into kitchens. You know, how, how's that concept basically shift? Well, in, in, I, I've been working with those guys for about two and a half years and I was taken on board because my thinking is not retail supermarkets and I'm quite happy to get involved with friendly conflict is is that the correct in the words i work for a client you know some of it is about getting your opinion some of it's about getting your opinion your view over to try and help them but their their vision of looking at um food service and catering and, and hospitality and feeling that the part of that market they could enjoy kind of went from a few ideas into building it designing it opening it and it's now trading so in manchester piccadilly it's a very compact store, but underneath that store, we've got a full production kitchen underneath a supermarket full of chefs, yeah. you know, producing some really good food. That thinking process of, of you know, the customer not having to get involved with the tables and chairs, but able to make a chef design a product they're able to take home or eat in or stand or sit in the car or home delivery, um, it's been taken another step forward, which is really interesting. It's good. Yeah. And we yeah. took a lot. Took lots and lots of chefs we've employed and looked to take on more, not because we want to start stealing them from the catering industry, because we want to give people jobs and we want to keep cooking and you know managing as a real skill. Okay, so so so, so basically, the chefs there, you know, quite clearly, you know, we we both grew up in kitchens, you know, you you you, you, you more than me, you know, and I went to management, but um, you know, it's it's bloody hard graft, isn't it? You know, and what we see on the TV and God knows what is isn't what it is, you know. We, we were talking earlier about you know you you, know, you finish your shift and you eat your baked beans over a bloody trash can, you know. So you know, and all of a sudden you're off in chefs near you know thirty seven hours at a at a supermarket, you know, cooking dishes they want to do. So what a great shift for a chef, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, it goes back to the shift in the money. So people are still eating. They're just eating in a different way in a different part of it. So you can see that whole thing reinventing itself. What I would suggest, you know, uh, going back to my first piece, I think is that, you know, you continue looking at uh, home delivery and all the other aspects or even vending, but not as you know it. View that as the basis of operating. Beware of going back to how it used to be, because I think you're in for a shock, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think basically vending is a vending machine, don't they? And the old, you know, the old swirly bits, yeah. you know, you know, you know, you've got a bank's kitchen behind you quite clearly pushing through, you know, flaps and God knows what. So it's, it's about thinking about the market differently, isn't it? You know? Yeah, and Nigel, it's, you know, we probably save it for another show, but um, in France, the manager and the chef thing is often the same person. It's only in the UK do you have managers that wear suits and have keys. Well, they don't have keys anymore. They have something else, lanyard. <laughs> and then chefs are all the guys with the all boys and girls with the jackets on. In France, it's actually, you know, often you'll find that the seniors within a business or director, board, board level, used to do the running around, the chopping, the shredding. So in this country, you know, some of the best managers I've seen, like yourself, um, have actually come from the grassroots of running around, understanding it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing better, is there? I mean, you know, I'm quite different because basically I come from a from a chef background, 
Yeah. So, mm. so when we start talking about, you know, food development and food, you know, food service. Yeah. You know, I, I, I speak from great depth and great experience. So it's great for me, you know, when we talk about food costs and we talk about allergens and stuff like that, you know, the new stuff, it's, I, I, you know, my skill set just slows through there. And basically then, you know, what you find, John, is basically you can have a grown up conversation. Yeah. You know, we get these managers, don't we, you know, that basically, you know, yeah, I need, I need a menu and off they go and the chef does it all, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great in the experience. It's great. I mean, basically, you know, we can talk from depth as well, you know, from experience. So, yeah, you know, those, you're right so within within the retail thing i kind of had a vision to say right there's 13 allergens or is the 14 or 15 or 12 and we're going to take half of them out now so we opened up we opened up we took half the allergens out right and then we we're going to sign up that every single year we're going to take another three allergens out okay so we're going to you know you you get what i would say to the to the catering restaurant industry and i've been there with the jacket and the badge myself the thing with allergens and with the whole thing about gluten-free, this ain't going to go away. One has got to embrace that. And if you're smart and clever, you'll make sure that your sauces are always gluten-free and you'll make sure your soups are always veggie and gluten-free. And if you're clever and smart, you'll kind of alter and change. Certainly within the retail piece, uh, we launched a whole range of really nice cakes that these guys make every single day fresh. The sales of those with coffee are just outrageous. They're very good products. Yeah. There is a shift, isn't there? There's a massive shift. Let's, let's get another question on. So uh, I've done Simon. Yeah. Uh, what have you got here? Yeah. Value and quality, both of product and service. Yeah, Roger says. Yeah. So what, what's your view on that? I mean, I know, I know we've touched on it. So, you know, the value and the quality, is that, is that, is that the same thing, John? Is that, you know? I, um, yeah. I would say... From the research I've seen and done and places I visit, what was interesting was last year, actually customers, the number one thing to customers was service, food was number two. Uh, very interesting that. And I, th and I think certainly from my work in Kuwait in the Middle East where Ali, who we work together, she teaches them to smile, engage, teeth, welcome. Um, she teaches them how to stand, how to walk, how to place, how to pull the chair out. So over there, services, it has to be great or else there's, you know, it doesn't work. And in this, in the UK, we've got to learn in a very nice way to be more subservient. That isn't natural to us. So I think that whole thing about products and service, you know, we're very chefy, aren't we? And we're, every single t TV programme, and I know there's a couple of people have a go at service you know, making the service staff and teams heroes. But I think that's really important that we do get service better. But value, what does the word value mean? You know, if it's 200 quid, but it's outrageously fantastic, it's, it's good, isn't it? And what does quality mean? Every has their own different take on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we, we you know we, we talk about the chefs, and we both got the same view. I mean, you know, you, you you've done TV, as you know, you know, with um, you know, good food show and all that, you know. But it's it, it's getting back to you know, it's going back to what we we're talking about before, isn't it? It's good quality leadership. It's you know, it's making sure that quite clearly that leadership shows through the service. Yeah, you know, we, we can always tell when we go to hotels about who is the manager that's running that particular hotel. Yeah, you know? and we don't even we don't even need to get through the front door. Yeah, for that customer journey, we already know who's actually bloody running the hotel. Yeah, you know, and what kind of, you know, we know the name, but we know the makeup of the person that basically is running it just by basically what you put out there and basically how you present your product and give it value for money in the customer journey. So, you know, all the way through. Um, Andrew says, never diss the competition. Yeah. Well, good. Good. Very good point, Andrew. 
totally get it. I used to went through 15 years of the, the competitors are always crap. They're always rubbish. Everything they do is rubbish. It's terrible. I hear this, blah, blah, rubbish. If you're smart and you're clever, you'll get under this, you know, though there's always something to learn from everywhere and all the rest of it. When I used to go out and eat in competitors, I used to slag them off. And actually some of the products were very good. So that's about maturity and age, but that's a very good point. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Jamie Oliver once ask you, who the bloody hell are you? <laughs> Just talk us I, did, that, I did the food show and I was on after Jamie. Um, <laughs> so uh, on, on the same stage and he walked in the kitchen and said, who are you? And I said, I have no idea who I am, but who the hell are you? it wasn't about egos who really yeah yeah Yeah. that that goes back to my gary road story when i threw him out of belfast yeah (laughs) that's 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 another story that's for another day yeah you know uh yeah you know those stories always come out when they Mm. um let's just have a look down the line here yeah I want to know who my competitive dentist is amazing yeah i think they like that sort of no uh, i called gary hawks that was one of the top top people within garden merchant that became Sodexo, and I did a dinner for him at the Black Swan at Helmsley, and he was giving his sales team an absolute beating, and he literally said, I want to know who my so-and-so in competitors' dentist is. It's that important that we get under the skin of everybody, you know, and that's a really good point. Yeah, so important, isn't it? You know, absolutely there. Let's go on to the next one. So, hi, John. Do you think there's a lack of quality with chefs, and could this be that fast food contract catering actually better hours certainly at lower levels of salaries and better salaries haha <laughs> here we go yeah um, <laughs> pin back your ears guys here it comes <laughs> you can, uh, lack of quality of chefs um well um i do see some very good people in contract catering and i do see the fact that people that a younger generation now on you know they they how do i put this the oldies or the or the generation gap we would work 19 20 hours a day and we'd work seven days and if you had christmas off you were an absolute whatever so in those days it was about you know the pirates and we are the you know we're 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 the loony gang it's a different world it's a different place people now expect the 37 and a half hour week i'm not saying i mean you know and they want to eat this business of two chefs sat underneath the wash up eating cold baked beans out of a tin can and you know the chef saying whatever or people not drinking for eight ten hours that's gone it's finished you know there's a, an expectation of different rewards and also kitchens you know the i i uh, wow i spent a lot of time walking around kitchens looking at design and layouts and equipment and unfortunately in the uk design generally within kitchens ain't great and a lot of cheap stuff kind of goes on. When I go to the Middle East, they tend to, or even when I spent some time working in Munich, the quality of the corridor and the architraves and the door within the kitchen and the opening mechanism and how things and the sink and the tap and the design and layout is very different to the UK. I think we need to kind of pull our socks up and make the environment. Now, I was talking to a hotel manager who had had problems last year in recruiting in a big hotel so when I went to met, meet him, I went through the bin area and I went through the kind of the greasy backyard and went in the back of the kitchen and walked through it. And I could, with all due respect, I could smell it before I saw it. And then when I came out of meeting him, my hair stank of grease. And he's saying to me, I've got a problem recruiting. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. what do you expect, really? You know, so I, I think the environment, the hours, 
the whole thing about staff care it's important it's changed yeah, you know, I mean, we 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 all we all grew up with that, didn't we? You know, and I know Roger basically. Roger, I know Roger would basically, you know, um, be of that ilk as well. You know, he he, he just exactly the same as we did. You know, sixty, seventy hours a week. You know, you, you basically go out and get a few beers after service. Yeah. You know, get yourself back to your mise en place, and you'll bin it. You go into lunch service, then into afternoon tea, and then basically into dinner service. Before you know it, you're out the kitchen at two o'clock in the morning. And, and, you know, we, we, we grew up on that. Let's face it. You know, it's just that's the way it was. And you never used to question well, it, you know. Yeah. And I think Roger's point about the lack of quality of chefs. When I go to Kuwait, it's one of the probably one of the few places where I kind of get a chef's jacket on an apron, which is quite novel. I'm, I'm at a stage now. Where I don't really care what people think. I just kind of go in the kitchen, put a jacket on. And we, we've got 40 odd nationalities in Kuwait. And we have so many staff because labour out there appears quite cheap. But I put so much, so much time and effort into the whisking, the figure of eight, how we do this, passing it through there, don't do it this way, put it over crushed ice. Um, you know, I think we all need to put more time and effort into developing the chefs. But, it, you know, there's a lot of brands and different concepts and you've got, you know, apprenticeships and college and, you know, it's, it's the world's changed. Yeah, yeah. So, so, something else since our day, you know. JB, you, 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 you okay for a few long, fifteen minutes more? Because you know, as well, I was predicted, you know. So, yeah, okay, cool. Let's crack on then. Yeah, okay. Julius said, who says, um, I just because I said basically, Julius agrees. Some companies have just cut too deep. We're looking now instead of based some thought into the future. Adrian, I like you. Yes, yeah. I don't have anything to say. He's totally correct. End of story. Jules, okay. I did bash it around this week, tomorrow, and then. Start counting the pennies. God help them long term. Yeah. Okay. So you know, short, short, uh, short sighted there. I should yeah, imagine on that definitely. one. Yeah. You know, Spain suffers because most GMs come from sales and not. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. I, okay. They, I, they come from a sales background, basically op not operations. Well, so, and then they stick them in F and B. How many times have we seen this, JB? Yeah. <laughs> I, I spent working in Mallorca at Santa Ponza, and uh, actually the manager we had there had come from a sales background, and all the management were from sales background. So I became the translator, not only of sign language, but also of physically, you know, this is, guys, let's be practical. And I, I think putting time and effort into uh, people was difficult and tough. But probably, I think, oh, the way stuff's gone, we're probably so grateful to see people. You know, who cares? <laughs> you know, as long as we're all safe, let's take too many bookings you know if 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 we're safe i think uh but yeah, i kind of get your point yeah okay uh julia says totally agree you have to be smart with your menus on allergens yep yeah. uh, it's not going to go away be creative and be clever uh julia comes from a health and safety but she used to be our health and safety um person right. yeah, and that's company we work for so yep I, I think it's really amusing, Julia, that we have food costings but actually to get a costing you need to have ingredients but then they don't know what's in the food so it's it's a mind shift. It's is a mind shift. The great thing about I've learned or further learned from retail and supermarkets is that allergens and ingredients ain't optional. If you don't want to kind of comply with understand allergens, or unfortunately, the future is going to be that a table of six, three or four people are going to not want that or want that. That's it. Yeah. That's the arena. That's the piece of grass and the goals and the people. That's the game. If you can't do it or don't want to do it, the customer ain't going to change because of you. You know, I, I see, I hear a lot of quite worrying stuff or used to the last couple of years from chefs about, 
you know, gluten free or, you know, it's like, guys, just be smart, adapt. It's not easy. I get it. But there's another way of trying to skin it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the Alan interesting going back to my you know, recently my group in B days with, with Welcome Break. I mean, one of our biggest one of my biggest fears was you know throughout the restaurants is is yes getting the consistency, but also basically making sure you know those, those chefs you know what chefs are like you know that, that little bit of extra ingredient because I, I don't agree with the spec or you know, it's non optional you know um, you know it, 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 it has to be you know quite clearly you know let's face it you know if it goes wrong yeah like the Pret situation and stuff like that you know. You know, Natasha's law is going to come in shortly, you know, next year. So, you know, it's a non-negotiable, isn't it, for allergens? Yeah. I mean, my, my wife's a very, very serious gluten-free. Uh, and if she has probably, well, obviously, we, we've not been out to eat for ages. But um, if I go back in you know, a, a couple of years, she used to get poisoned twice a week. And it was terrible. Uh, it was terrible uh, the way that uh, the things, you know, my wife's gluten free. Oh, we're so happy. What? Uh, my, glu- uh, my wife's gluten free. Yes. Well, make sure there's no potatoes. I mean, this was like, guys, please stop it. You know, um, it's again, it's changed. Uh, understand it, adapt with it, go with it, or do something else. Sorry, but yeah, you know, yeah, we 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 got we know all just did we? You know, we got no specs, but you know, fine dining and all that. So yeah, yeah. so. Uh, Roger's back with us and basically said service is paramount. I think we agree with that, don't we? You know, absolutely yeah. paramount, you know. It's all right, but smile and make me feel better. Because if you go, if you understand the history of hospitality and go back to the 200 years ago in France, um, they used to have these buildings. And the building would offer, you basically went into the building with money. You had a variety of services, of which some of those were sleeping and food. And as long as you left in a better mood than when you went in, the business existed and continued to exist. That's it's about making people feel great, you know, and preempting what they're going to do and what they require. How many times are, can we have the horseradish sauce? You want horseradish? You know, right. Chef, you want horseradish? You know, oh, please. I mean, there's a lot of that going on. But that's about education, isn't it? That's about care. You know, that's about, you know, keeping your customer. Really important, yeah. you know. It, it, it is, you know. I can hear you actually saying that across the past. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, yeah, you know, happy days. Uh, let's move on. So, basically, soon with immigration laws changing, will salaries rise to obtain from outside? Yeah, it's obviously talking about Brexit, EU, and all that. Yeah, coming up. You know, is is it going to be a shift? What are your I, thoughts? I don't really have any thoughts on that. Um, I can't really comment. Uh, what I saw, uh, what I've seen over the last four or five months is salaries decreasing, okay. people being paid less for whatever reason. Some of that, I understand some of it worries me. You know what I'm trying to say yep. in an indirect manner? I do, yeah. Yeah. We'll just move on. I mean, basically, it's not my specialist subject. I've got a view on it, but quite clearly, yeah. uh, not for this platform, and quite clearly, yeah. you know, let's move, let's move on, yeah. JBS, you're a legend. Richard Clark says, JBS, you're a legend. Um, great news today. Great words, wise words. Thank you. Okay. Oh, thank so, you. No, well, I, 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 unfortunately, I, um, uh, I started losing blood, or it's what we call in Yorkshire weeing. And uh, that night, uh, I went to hospital, and they said to me, "There's something quite, you know, wrong with you." And I didn't feel great, uh, and I got diagnosed with cancer, unfortunately. And then I, they took a kidney out, a few other bits. 
So every three months now I go back for my CT scans. Um, and then probably in 1987, before you were born, Nigel, um, I, had a, I had a tumor inside my left hand lung this big. Uh, so I've kind of been through those walls uh, a bit, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, it's weird. 10 past nine this morning, and I was waiting for the phone call from my consultant, and I was literally shaking, Nigel, because mm. what what is very obvious is that if the result was bad, you are talking about probably the future being very different to what it is now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You put another another dimension on what's important if that makes sense yeah thank you richard and i'm glad you didn't tell me jbs because quite clear you know i i i'd have felt awful this morning if the, if the result had come back you know what i mean and you know it was a different manner but you know let, let's you know yeah you know it, it, it's all it's all good so you know yeah. it's uh yeah as you say you know jbs your legend yeah great great words today thank you very much so cool okay let's just run through some of these how do you feel about reduce <laughs> here we go how do you feel about reduce and he actually means carts he's put carts underneath so how do you feel about uh reduced food offers yeah voucher well yeah, if you, you know, go back food. well nick nick who's a fantastic greek uh uh Gentleman, he's probably never been caught before. Uh, his country often will serve, uh, you know, um, food from you know one one establishment or one place will serve one dish. It's only in the UK do we decide we want to serve twenty dishes, fifty dishes, ninety dishes, you know, on a menu, and then you end up with poor quality products. So I think reduced food offers on mobile carts uh, is 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 the way, but it needs to be a great product, doesn't it? You need to become famous for that one product and do it really well. And when you're doing your research and development into that one product from your cart, by the hoolies, you need to do it to death so you understand that and become the master of that particular style of food. Okay. Let's let's go some more because I'll I, I, I whip through these, JBS. Yeah, so you know, in Thailand, yeah, we're waiting for boards to reopen and pray that the vaccine's approved really soon. We do not survive on domestic seats alone. So, yeah, yeah. you know, Thailand, you know. The whole thing about, I think, travel and tourism um, is bigger than a lot of us thought. I'm working on a project presently, uh, which has made me really begin to think how important it is, if that kind of makes sense. But uh, Thailand is an amazing country, what fantastic uh, produce. And I, many years ago, I worked for Taksin Shinawatra, who was the former prime minister of Thailand when he uh, owned Manchester City for a year. So, um, yeah, I remember those days. I had no idea about Thai, Thai food. And when he used to ask me to cook it, I used to, in a very nice way, say, hey, listen, give it to someone who's an expert because there's nothing worse than a Yorkshireman that's dressing up as a Mancunian attempting <laughs> Thai food. You get found out, don't you? Yeah, um, yeah. You should you should do sexy fish and the three bears. You know what I mean. You should go back to that story. But there you go. Yeah, that's that's, that's another story. Um, let me just see what's on here. So better control. Sorry, it comes back to this one. Nightmare if chefs don't know what's on the menu. Worse if they still change the ingredients. Yeah, I think we covered that, haven't we? In, in allergens. No, and, you, know, correct, you know, yeah, Julia, absolutely right. You know, for me to make a no-no. We've disciplined guys over the past. You know, not with them. This one's quite a big one. So hi, gents. Have you looked at the proposed point system for non-settled immigrant workers? If so, do you think the local labour market can fill the gap? Assuming there is a market, those establishments remain high. Adam Gain. So, yeah, we're talking basically there about the skills gap, aren't we? You know, yeah. just yeah. you know, non-settled immigrants. Uh, not yeah. really my specialist subject. I do for Jules, John, but yeah. have you got a view? Yeah. No, I, no, I, I, I understand what's being said. Uh, 
Adam, but it's I'm yeah. Uh, I think it's it's how we're going to pan out into the future and how that yes. you know kind of works. I mean, I'm I'm a real advocate. I I bought a book called The Great Chefs of France hundreds of years ago, and I was lucky enough to go and work in one of the restaurants, which was a restaurant Loisis in Lanapol near Cannes. It had three stars for 25 years, and one of the chefs who was featured in the book, he would only take on apprentices. And every year, this individual would take on 10 apprentices, okay? And he would develop and develop and develop. So when I was at the Black Swan at Helmsley, I, we got rid of kitchen porters, and, and we all the chefs used to do washing up one day a week, including myself. And every year, I used to take on four YTS. And after four years, I had the most fantastic kitchen brigade. So I think growing your own skill set, I'm really keen on. And my brother, Matthew, um, he's, he's really... He's, he's doing great wonders with the whole apprenticeship program. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But on the immigrant workers, um, I, I can't really uh, make a comment on the proposed point system. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably same here. A couple more questions for you, JBS. Um, here's one for you. Yeah, okay. So what was your worst setback and how did you recover from it? So this is basically from Thomas, who we interviewed last week. So, you know, what 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 what's, what what was that? How did you recover from it, sir? Um, well, my wow, uh, I don't know to start that on. It is that business, is that life? Let's say it's life. My probably worst setbacks been cancer on two occasions, but uh, my kind of journey over the last three years is 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 all down to my wife. She's been such an absolute rock. And, you know, she's the most prettiest, loveliest thing. But Anita there is a very determined woman who's kept me going when I just gave up once or twice. That makes sense. And the 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 benefit, I'm going to say this weirdly, the benefit of cancer, if, you, if you've got the dark dog kind of depression bit, or if you're into worrying about COVID, actually it all pales in significance compared to the cancer thing. That is a, a really difficult thing that, you know, really pulls you all over the place okay and what about business what about you know you're gonna go with that one lightly what, 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 what about business jbs come on you know what you what was your worst setback you you're not gonna get away with it son come uh, on. probably <laughs> the doubters that i that pop up every now and again who i just completely flatten and get on with it uh the worst setback i don't know uh let me think on that one probably when i worked in brighton and the new german head chef uh, decided to serve a load of chicken completely raw to a wedding. Uh, uh, I came on duty at whatever time it was, took over the service, and you can imagine that's for another day, Nigel. Come on, JBS. Yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm, yeah, okay, let's, let's move on. Okay, I get it. I get it. You know, come on, chef. You know. Okay, right. So, last question for me. You know, just before we wrap up, and it's you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners basically, you know, absolutely fascinating. So. Yeah, table for four. It should be table for six, actually. Table for four. Anybody? Yeah, dead or alive, past or present. Yeah, who would be there? What's the menu? What's the gloves? Um, What's the entertainment? Wow. Okay, you're throwing that one at me now. So I'm Absolutely, say, you, you, you screwed me up earlier, so I'm going to screw yeah, you up. Yeah, come you. on. I'm, I'm going to say Mark <laughs> White. I'm going to say Barry Sheen. Uh, I'm going to say Gary Cook, and then my wife. Uh, if if Marco's there, no matter how bad the food is, he'll say it's lovely because underneath that exterior is actually a gentleman so the menu i would probably go for something very simple uh, depending where we were what's the glugs mean glugs, 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 yeah glugs is drink 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm because of because of my condition, I'm unable to drink. So I, I don't know about entertainment. I think candles, dark night, you know, the warmth from the south of France on the back of your head, the convivial conversation. I think that's that's enough. And that's it, and you as well. Yeah, listen, I've been behaving myself today. You know, people know that I swear as well, so you know, quite clearly. But that would be an interesting table, wouldn't it? With Marco and basically Barry Sheen, Ali, yeah, yeah and yourself, yeah, yeah. yeah. that'd be a yeah, great yeah. conversation, wouldn't it? And that, yeah, note, I, sir, I was, I was lucky enough about 15 years ago to be involved with a superbike racing team. Okay, uh, I don't tell people this, and actually, the rider I had was. A little bit of a child and he used to have dicky fits about situations i'd say to him right we're on warm-up you're going to go out for three laps don't overdo it be careful the tires are warm etc and on the warm-up he'd bin it roll it over and it would cost us god knows how much and actually then working with chefs and actually working in football with the players there's actually a lot of similarities between leadership and youth and learning does, does that do, do you kind of follow yeah. that bit about players and controlling them and mentality and yeah. the leadership thing is really important. Yeah. You know? And on that note, basically, you know, what, what's coming up on the show is basically talking about leadership. He's a guy, uh, Paul Fletcher. He's basically going to come up on the show uh, in two weeks' time. So you know, he's going to talk about basically stadium. He's going to talk. You know, he's the he used to be my CEO basically when we opened up Rico Arena, and he was yeah. the ex um, commercial director at, at Wembley. Yeah, you know, had, had, a, had a great football career. Talk about mm-hmm. leadership. So. JBS, thank you for today, sir. Yeah, you know, you, our usual two-hour conversation. Yeah, thank you for not swearing. Yeah, appreciate it. You know, I can now be on LinkedIn Live. Yeah, I've lost my bet. Yeah, happy days. Um, so, guys, you know, where you, where you can catch this up, you know, is we come in here every Tuesday. We talk different leaders. And, you know, JBS, you know, we'll talk about basically getting you back because there's loads and loads of stuff we didn't talk about. You know, we could go on for, you know, a two-hour, three-hour show. Um Obviously, it's on podcasts, you know, after the show. So if you're punching, basically, you know, um, hospitality live, uh, hospitality recovery, Nigel Mann, or basically Last Man Standing, you can catch it on there. JBS, sir, you've been an absolute legend as normal. Yeah, thank you very much for entertaining us and giving us some some great tips on the industry and basically all the way through. JBS, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, guys.